it's funny, man. Like one of my songs, Magic, I recorded that up on the Central Coast in New South Wales in a cupboard. And the only thing that was there to soundproof it was some clothes that were in the cupboard. Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I've been uh, counting down to this podcast for a while. We've been talking for a little while, myself and, of course, Johnny P., Uh, Make sure you check him out. You released your most recent album in November, The Dress Circle, as well, which is really, really good. I've been for the past hour literally listening to Zebra chatter on and off, literally over and over again. And, you know, one of my favorite things about what you've done is that, you know, you really, I could tell from the very beginning, like, I think you started close to 2017. There was a single that dropped. And then, like right now your your sound has changed like you haven't stayed the same artist which is awesome your sounds mm. are modern you've gone from like boom bappy to flirting with a few other different sounds a bit of jazz here and there so now nah, man it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show oh thanks for having me man it's uh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun awesome well the 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 first thing i actually did want to talk about is i noticed in the chatter music video your deadlift and I'm sure people ask you, I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this before, but there's a few weights stacked on the bar. Do, do we have a weight for that? Is there a re- on record for how much that uh, was? That, that, that was funny. I think the the one that I shot with the belt was like a 240 or something. And then the the camera angle, my, my editor sort of spliced two different shots together. So you'll actually notice the one where I originally pick up the bar, it's heavier. And then the one where I put it down, the bar's actually lighter. So it's, yeah, there's actually like a discrepancy in the weights because um, it's two shots melded together. But yeah, my, my PB on a deadlift is like 250 at the moment. Um, I'm going to do a powerlifting comp later in the year. So we'll see if I can beat that. We'll see how we go. Damn, but, uh, 250. That's no mean <laughs> feat. I mean, that's like, you know, we're talking about world record is, what is it, 501 from uh, yeah. four, but like, you know. I think it's been beaten now as well. I've got, I've got a mate of mine that's doing like four eighties and stuff at the moment. It's, yeah, it's, there's levels to it. Eh? There's <laughs> as soon as you like, I get clients to do like a hundred kilos and they're like, yes. And you're like, it, it is very good. But I was like, there's, you can, you can do five times that if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it, pretty it, it feels like, I mean, for you, cause you've been doing this for a long time. You started as a personal trainer, like there's yeah. no end to it. Like once you lift, one weight you're like all right done throw that away let's set yeah, yeah. the goal no nah, it's always yeah it's always trying to i always try to be better than the person i was the day before and try and just yeah see where i can improve whether it like this year's been well last year's been a weird year normally it'd be weights and whatever and then i got back into boxing again and um yeah it's been all my goals are sort of like they go against each other though, like being strong and then being able to run sort of don't really go hand in hand. And then, you know, boxing and then lifting heavy don't really go hand in hand, but 
I still like to do them all. <laughs> so, I've heard that, you know, running and deadlifting is actually not the greatest combo because when you run, right. obviously they put some pressure on your lower back and then you deadlift and it's you can be susceptible to injury. So how do you maintain that balance? I didn't know this would end up being a working out <laughs> podcast, but that's okay. We'll, we'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, um, yeah, it always turns into a fitness podcast with me. Um, I think, well, yeah, as long as you you don't do things like I do silly things, like I'll go to the gym on a Sunday and box for 12 rounds and then I'll go lift weights and then I might do a couple of deadlifts and then I'll go for a run. Like if you get to a certain spot, like with your conditioning, like you can almost do anything. But for your average sort of, you know, maybe a weekend warrior or whatever, when you're like, all right, I want to, I want to get into running and maybe you carry a bit too much weight or whatever it might be. And then like you try to do deadlifts, it's like you want to probably drop some of the weight before you're running. Cause otherwise it just smashes all your joints and your lower back and all that sort of stuff. And then you get into the gym and then it's, you know, you, you might already have be susceptible to, to a little injury or something. So it's always, I'm in an all right position now where I'm sort of not like I lost like 15 kilos last year, just for fun, <laughs> just to see where I could see. You and I have and- different, different levels of fun. I think. <laughs> No, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, I'm I'm the one who's like even at family Christmas, everyone everyone was up. We were up in um Lancelin, had one day off over Christmas, and we all got uh, all got on the drinks and watching the cricket and whatever. And then I was sort of like, all right, haven't done the exercise today, feeling a bit shitty. Like maybe I'll go for a run. And I'd had you know the like the little seltzers, the you know that are popping at the moment. I had about twelve of them, and then I decided to go for like a seven k run, and it was like forty two degrees. But it was it was good. I came. That's my idea of fun. See, my whole family are like, "Bro, what what are you doing?" Like they just look at me and shake their heads. But I'm happy. It's fine. <laughs> well, you're hydrated off seltzers, so maybe yeah. maybe that's the secret to my running is that I yeah. need to get blasted on seltzers first, <laughs> and then I won't feel. The because the one thing about running for me, and I've started running recently because my brother he challenged me to a 10k. And now that I'm saying yeah. saying it publicly, I'll have to do it. But yeah, what yeah. I found is like running itself is not so bad. It's just the time that you have to do it. It's like for me, it's like every step is don't stop. Just keep yeah, going. oh completely mental, man. Like, like you realize you get into a bit of a rhythm and you're like, oh, like I'll stop to run and I'll be like this sucks I hate this am I really going to do this for the next like 18 20 minutes and not stop like really and then it gets to a certain point I got good music in the headphones like that's a that's a massive one like you try run without headphones in like good luck you run and you hear your voice you just hear you're like you're breathing you're like <gasps> but if you got headphones in all you can hear is like bangers I, you know what's you know what's really funny sometimes when I'm really struggling I put on chatter because when I wrote that song, it was like, it was a very hectic time and it gets me so fueled that I like, I, I pick up the sprints. I like, it, it's funny. My own song is probably one of my own, the only songs that I will listen to of my own that gets me like amped. But um, there is no way I would listen to my own podcast while I'm running. That I can guarantee yeah. you. Because I actually like listening to podcasts when I run. Like I like yeah. listening to Two Bears, One Cave, which is Tom Segura and Burke Kreischer. And they are... Okay. They, especially at the beginning, they were both overweight and it kind of gives yeah. me motivation because they talk about weight, their weight and Bert is always fat and he's always saying like, oh, I'm I'm on a diet and then Tom's going to be like, oh yeah, what'd you eat? He's like, nah, man, I've been really good. I had a salad today. It's like, yeah, what else did you have? And then he's like, I had five cheeseburgers, two pizzas and it's like, but I'm good. 
It just makes yeah. me laugh. And then the problem is I laugh while I run. That's the real oh. problem. Then I'm out of rhythm. <laughs> you can't be laughing while you're running. If I like, if I feel like I've got like, I don't know, something in my chest, I've got to like spit or something, even like spitting will like throw your rhythm out. You know what I mean? Like you've got to like, yeah, it's good. It's good rap cardio though. It's good like stage cardio, performance cardio. Like if I can, if I can like even lip sync along to my own songs or to a song I like while I'm running, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It really, it does help when you're on stage, but yes. <laughs> well, it's uh, they're the challenges, but what happened with chatter? You mentioned that chatter, obviously that song gets you amped, but like, obviously there's a lot of meaning in the song, but what was happening in your own life during that time that, kind of oh. got you to that phase and like still brings up that emotional kind of elevation. Yeah. Well, that, that song for me, I wrote it in 20, I wrote it in 2021, but it was at the start of 2021. And I just sort of like was dealing with a lot of sort of mental anguish. I was in some really interesting situations in my life with finances and work and relationships and all sorts of different things. And I was sort of just like, I needed to vent. I hadn't started boxing again at the time. So I didn't really have, I had an outlet. I, I always, I've always gone to the gym and stuff, but I, I really needed just to like let go of some stuff. And um, I think chatter was just essential for me to write because it was just like purely venting. Like I'd had some, some family members pass away and some other things as well. Some really sort of hectic situations go down. And um, yeah, it got to got to a point where I just like sat down one night and I just wrote the whole thing start to finish. I think I wrote it up to, I wrote it up to like, what's the end of the, well, not even the end of the first verse. Cause I think they're, they're longer than 16 bar verses. Um, I think I wrote to about 16 bars and I was like, yep, yeah, cool. And then I was like, nah. And I like came back to like, I sort of like went to get up and then I was like, nah, like sit, sit back down, like <laughs> sit down, bitch. Like I was like, we got to finish this. And I, yeah, I just sat there till, I don't know, sat there for a couple more hours and smashed the whole thing out. But um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that was going on in my life at the time when I wrote it was very significant to me and, and it caused a lot of mental anguish and st stress and anxiety, depression, the whole, the whole sort of kit and caboodle. And then when it came time to do the video clip, it was really funny that things in my life had, you know, from the time that I'd written it to when it came time to the video clip, whole bunch of things in my life had flipped and changed and and I was on sort of a completely different trajectory by the time the video clip came around but then like on the day of the video clip a whole bunch of really crazy shit went down in my life which like pretty much brought me to tears and then I was having to film that video through that whole process so the first day of shooting we did was the all the shots in the gym all the shots of the training and and, and that whole day, there was a bunch of stuff up in the air and I wasn't sure which way things were going to go for me, but the whole situation was just a mess. I won't go into it in great detail, but the whole situation was, was pretty nuts. Then by the time it came for the second day of shooting, shit had just hit the fan and I was super upset. I was super, I was in a place where I was just like, every, the rug had just been ripped from underneath me in so many, so many ways in my life. And um, I had to sort of sit down to, to get... So the, was the anguish to do like with your personal life? Was it with your career? No, it was all personal life stuff, all personal life stuff. Yeah, nothing nothing to do with like, you know, when I originally wrote it, it was me being stressed about 
you know, um, you know, music, where am I going in my life? My partner at the time, my work, you know, um, all, all the, all these sort of different things, different areas of my life. And then by the time it came time for the video clip, it was all personal life stuff. And it was just like, you know, just stuff you don't want to have to deal with, especially when you know, you've got to like, essentially perform for a video but it worked out really well because the emotion i was able to bring out in the video you know in the, you can see the training scenes i'm sort of like you know it, it's me being authentic of because the whole song's about dealing with the mental chatter right it's, it's about trying to escape the the nonsense going on in your mind and just sometimes like, like i don't know about you but i've had so much going on in my head that you're like literally just like oh like you like you literally just want to scream like just to sort of like go Oh, like you just need, you just want that peace. You just want that, you want that chatter to just be quiet. You just want to go, okay, I know I've got a billion things to do. There's a billion people pulling on my shirt this way and that way. But right now I just need to focus on this. I just need to breathe, like meditate essentially, right? But um, so the first day of the filming was was me really using the gym and the boxing and the deadlifting and the running and all that stuff that we filmed as a way of just dealing with that chatter at the time because things were sort of on the cusp of sort of falling to shit. And then the second day of shooting, when everything had fallen to shit, it was like, ah, oh, like just raw emotion. Like, so and I had to get different people to come in and fill different roles in the, the video because other people weren't able to make it and a whole bunch of stuff had happened. And um, yeah, so for me, it sort of reminds me that song encapsulates a whole period of time with so many ups and downs in it. And, um, but it, it just reminds me like the video clip was sort of like a, sort of a fuck you to a couple of people as well that sort of didn't really want to see it come out. They, they sort of just, they were like, oh, like, don't, you know, obviously it seems like things are too hard. Um, just don't, don't worry about doing a video. And I was like, nah, like this video, I've had the idea for this video for ages. Like I'm, I'm getting this done. And um, so now when I, when I sort of listen to that song, it sort of takes me back to those times where it was pretty hectic and just reminds me, like you've overcome all of that. Yes. Some things still are a bit painful. Some things are still, you know, interesting to deal with, but, um, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, cool. Like we, we did it, but it just gets me hyped because it makes me go like, you can do, you can do whatever you want. Like put your mind to it, mate. Like you're fine. You've got this. Um, so it can, yeah, definitely help me turn to fifth gear. It's like, it's like getting, I got chased by a dog on a run the other day and that like the, the gear comes out of nowhere. I was already sprinting. And then all of a sudden there was this dog and I was like, oh, and, and was like, it's, I've got headphones in. There's no chance that I can like be like, Hey buddy, like get it to calm down. It wanted to bite the shit out of me. So it was like sixth gear. Oh no, that's, that's my top gear. Seventh gear. And I just kept going. Um, but this, this song cranks out some, some sort of extra, extra gears. I mean, I think when I get to finally sort of obviously with the way that everything's been with the old Rona, um, when I finally get to perform it live, it'll be, it'll be a, a big amp up song for me. So it'll be, yeah, it will be great. But long story short, it, it helped me. Yeah. The, the video holds a lot of significance and so does the, so does the song. Um, but it, it's nice doing something that's like a little bit like harder. You know what I mean? Like I'm known for sort of doing like sort of the chill stuff, like, and, and I do, I do froth on that. I don't always want to listen to sort of intense music, but doing a song that's a little bit more, down that sort of harder vein is is fun for me so yeah but so what was crazy the time. time between the recording of the song and then shooting the music video so the song had been recorded i would say 
first demos probably would have been March or April 2021. Uh, and then the video clip was shot uh, end of October. So it was a bit of it was a bit of time between, but I was pretty much just compiling everything for the dress circle because there's I've got like such a big backlog of songs that like I was just trying to see what would fit the vibe because the I don't know if you know the story behind the dress circle, like the the reason it has the name, the sort of significance of the artwork and what have you, but it, it was essentially for my my nan and my auntie who had passed away. Um and so I was trying to sort of couple you know, whatever songs made it on the album, I wanted them to all sort of encapsulate what was going on. You know, every time I've dropped an album from like my first project to my second project, whatever, um, it's sort of like, well, what's this now? Dress Circle is my third, third actual or second album, but like fifth project. But whatever's going on during those periods of time is what makes it on the on the the project like it's like i don't just write like a random song for the hell of it it's like it's whatever that's why i need i guess it's the benefit of <laughs> benefit of being a musician but also the downside is like especially for me like i try to be as authentic as i can all of my stuff has to come through some sort of bullshit like it has to come from a, a place of whether it's happy whether it's sad whether it's a breakup whether it's a, a, an, a i don't know got assaulted like whether you know whatever whatever's happened like you know what i mean um you can draw from those draw from those situations and go from there um but yeah the i was still in that period of time trying to just figure out what was going to fit on that album because i was like all right well i'm dedicating this to my auntie and, and my nan and i don't you know i'm not gonna have some song about i don't know some inappropriate song about a girl yeah, fucking or, or bitches. You know what I mean? yeah yeah the yeah, classic yeah. hip-hop song about like Fucking bitches, yeah. going to the club, you know, suck my dick, all that kind of shit <laughs> wouldn't have fit the vibe. So yeah, yeah. Had you through Yeah. If you had that track, I would have been like, talk to me about that track because it seems to really like come out of nowhere. It would have been like the bonus, the bonus track on the deluxe deluxe edition. So yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, yeah, and we've got the the deluxe edition coming out this Friday now with a few extra songs that sort of were I was umming and ahhing about having them on there for the original. And then I was like, no, 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 these songs fit the vibe completely, but I just needed to rework them because I wasn't I wasn't happy where they were at the time of release. So um there's four four extra songs that are gonna be on the deluxe edition on Friday. Um which will be, yeah, a little continuation of the story, essentially. So, And for those listening uh, not live uh, because it's podcast live streams, it's already out yeah. now, so go get it. So yeah, make yeah. sure so you go get it. Regular, it's already out Regular edition been out since, what was it, November 19th. And then, yeah, Deluxe Edition drops on, on the uh, Friday the 14th whatever time this is out for people it might be the past it might be the future who knows but that's yeah. what i love about this is like we're both in the past and the future all at the same time but i was going to ask you because like do you think that artists struggle with like creating content especially you know extremely successful artists because you said you needed to go through things in your life to have your own content but like once you're extremely famous, extremely wealthy, the level of the problems that you have or the struggles that you have are almost in a way unrelatable to your general yeah. audience. Do you feel like artists struggle with that in, in like finding 
what can I create a song that is actually going to appeal to people? Like, what do they live through as well? I think I think it's interesting. I think it's probably like a um, it's neither here nor there. Like, because I think that for certain artists, like Drake, for example, Drake will drop a song about stuff that we have absolutely no comprehension of. Like, you know hiring 30 seater planes for the 10 of us, blah, blah, blah. Talk about all this sort of stuff that we're like, what do you mean? Um, but cause it's Drake, he gets away with whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but then there's also the, like, it's like when you think of a rapper's name, like even my name is like Johnny P it's like, that's, that's who I am. I sort of sometimes think my name's stupid, but then I'm like, but people like my name and like any name sounds stupid until it blows up. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's how it is. It's it's Snoop Dogg, weird name, but it's Snoop Dogg, so you don't care. Like even Drake, sort of a weird name, but it's Drake because you've developed that sort of, you know, you're like, oh, that, that's Drake. Like, you know, cool. Um, it's just funny how it works. You know, you sort of get a sort of conditioned to something for long enough and you think it's cool. Um, I think as well, though, like artists will completely dumb down like Jay-Z said it, I'm pretty sure, you know, like you've got to like dumb down your writing for the for the general population, like, which is true. Like if I write a song that's super intricate and like barred with heaps of metaphors and heaps of stuff that the average listener, like maybe not a hip hop listener, but like a pop listener or something wouldn't understand. Um, there's sort of, you, you're, you're cutting your, your range and your audience short. Whereas if you were to, you write, write something obviously that's quite sort of general and very relatable, you know, and, and artists, even if they haven't gone through that, like a lot of the, the very famous artists will have a whole team of writers anyways and go, all right, well, what are we going to, what are we going to write? That's going to really just touch the most people and make it as generalized as possible. But that's, that's how it is. Like even when I write a song, if I write it from my perspective and there's a lot of like, you know, me as the man, blah, blah, blah that can sort of cut out a heap of the women listen, you know, listening to my music. So it's sort of like you want to, you want to sort of include everybody, but yeah, I, I think we live in a world where once you're at that level of fame, I don't think it really matters what you put out. People, you know, people are going to hate and, and love your stuff regardless of what you do. Um, there's always going to be someone who's going to have their, I mean, everyone's got their opinions. So, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think, I reckon it's probably easier once you've once you've made it on that level because I think you, you sort of can do no wrong. Um, whereas, like, if I'm to write a song now and try and be, you know, write the song about the the bitches at the club and the whatever, um, and drive it around in my my Maserati and whatever, people are probably like, "Well, John probably doesn't have a Maserati. He's got a he's got a Volkswagen outside, but he doesn't have a Maserati." Um, you know, I think you sort of could get, be seen as a phony but when you've got when you've got that wealth or you know the the material or whatever they want to rap about i think people are just like yep like <laughs> can't, can't do anything wrong so i do yeah. find it interesting though that like you know music is entertainment so but then mm. audiences get annoyed because it's not true but it's like movies aren't yeah. true and like yeah. it, you're putting on a performance like you know you aren't Johnny P all the time. Like no. that's who you are as a stage person. Like 50 cent mm. is his stage name. His yeah, real yeah, name yeah. is Curtis Jackson. So like, yeah. I, you know, it's strange that like you'll make up a story and people are like, well, that's not real. So they hate you on it, but it's like, yeah, but 
it's entertainment. So it's like, it's a strange area that especially hip hop artists, I feel play within that. It has to be real or real enough, but also can't be too blown out of the water. It's like a, a really weird fine line yeah. that they try to strike. It's an interesting balance. I'm going to close this window. Cause I think these birds are doing, I don't know if you can hear them. They're doing my head in screeching. Uh, little... I, can, I can hear them a little bit. I think where are you based? Sydney? No, I'm in Perth. Oh, you're in Perth at the moment. Well, yeah. I've never been to Perth, but like I've heard beautiful things. Obviously, the birds must be pretty happy as well. Oh, the birds! Are, the birds are. Ch- I think it's like literally like a, a baby chick just like screaming for its mom, and it just sounds like someone with like nails on a chalkboard. So I'm like, that's probably not the best for listeners. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I the the only way that I can sort of write music, I think, is from that authentic place. Like I. I need to go through something. So if I if I go through a breakup, oh man, I'll have an album in a week. Like I like I literally have I wrote an album based on something that happened with me and a girl like not that long ago. And the amount of songs I pumped out, everyone was like, holy shit, bro. Like I've I've got there's another album sitting there already, and that's just from one experience. Um like just so many different facets of whatever that like, yeah, I think that it, you got to obviously have your imagination. And I, and I think I did that more when I started, I think like my very early songs, like, you know, smile shotgun and whatever was sort of just like very, I was just trying to be clever. I was just trying to like, you know, like how, how the hell did Seth Century write that? How did so-and-so write that? Like, wow, just inspired by people and trying to just like figure it all out. Cause I, I started this in like 2015. I don't think I dropped a song till 2017, but like, yeah, just working. Like, I think when you first start out, you're just trying to figure out how the hell to do it. And then you sort of find your rhythm. Like you said, your, your sound evolves, you change, you evolve. And then by the time you're actually dropping songs, you're like, ah, oh, okay, well, it seems that I, I find it a lot easier to rap about stuff that's, you know, stuff that I've gone through or, you know, when I'm in those sort of dark times. A lot of the songs come from those those days where I'm like, you know, I don't I don't have them as much anymore, thank God. But, you know, when I was living in Sydney or whatever, I'm just stressing about so many different things and sitting in my car and, like, I've gone to the gym and then I've just got a beat on and I'm like, all right, I need to, like, vent. Um, you know, it's my, my counselling session with myself, essentially. So a lot of those songs come from those similar sort of places. But it is interesting though, that like a lot of music and a lot of artistry comes from pain, you know, like it, it, it's so strange because it's like pain breeds creativity and breeds artistry. Whereas like joy, like it does, but like not to the same extent, it's just so weird that like, it's like yeah. you tap into it as, as humans, like a, a different level when we're going through something that way we figure out like this pit that we didn't have access to before. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's always just a reminder. I think the pain is such a beautiful thing to draw on because when you, like, like when I listen back to chatter, I can go back and go, ah, look at life now and look how it felt then. And it's it's probably more so the perspective of it. It's it's not that the it's not that the pain's any better than the joy. I think the pain just helps you appreciate the joy. So it's like you know, shit hits the fan. You're like, whoa! I remember that moment. I remember I I I couldn't feel lower. It's really weird. I, I dated a girl a while ago who like didn't like hip hop at all, and then she obviously found out what I what I do and started listening to my music. And then 
you know, every time we'd be in like the car or whatever, she'd be like, oh, like, I love this song. Like, like what? Like, tell me about this song. Tell me about that song. I just hear her listening to my music in the background while she's getting ready or whatever. I'm like, okay. Um, and it's just really interesting because every single one of those songs has a, like a timestamp. It has like a, who was in my life? Where did I write that? Um, who, like, who's it about? Like, it's awkward when a girl's listening to a song you wrote for another girl. And she's like, I love this song. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. You know what I mean? Like, but it, it's so, it's like a timeline, man. Like I'm, I'm so grateful for, like, like you said, like Johnny P is who I am on stage and there's so many other facets of me and, and different things I'm trying to achieve as well outside of music. But I'm just so grateful that I've got this, this amazing um, like sort of photo album I can look back on or audio album really I can I can listen back on and go ah oh, remember that time that time that time that time that time and like some of those songs like man I'm like I literally didn't know if I was going to be like alive in six months like, like it was just times with times of dark um I didn't I didn't see the the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing so it's sort of cool it's like oh yeah you've been there before like you can do this again you know um it's like a chronicles oh, yeah. of your own life. It's like a, uh, like, yeah. yeah, it's like a, and you know, for you, they're, they're moments, but they're also moments for your audience, which is awesome as well. Like I spoke to novel and he was like, every time I go on a holiday, I pick a brand new album and I listen to the album all holiday. So that whenever I hear the album, it reminds me of the holiday. So like there are people doing that. So the cool thing is like, it'll remind you of your own moments, but it remind the audience of like their moments. And it's like this weird link that you have in an emotional state. Yeah. It's that's, that's really cool. I, I think I'm the same, like, you know, on like the Spotify rewrapped thing, um, how to show, you know, your top songs from whatever, man, when I go back and I listen to my top songs from 2018, Oh, it like, I still, I, it's funny. It's like 2018 for some reason all of the songs that I listened to in that time, because that was my last year in Sydney and it was probably one of my busiest years. Oh, 2019 probably was my busiest year, but 20, 2018 holds a lot of significance for me. And so some of those songs that I still listen to to this day, that were my favorite songs in 2018, like they're still on my playlist now because it just evokes such good memory. It was like obviously pre pandemic music was cranking along, like touring everywhere, like, working with friends, still living in Sydney. So like a lot of my, you know, really, really close connects were just around the corner. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I love, I love that. That's a really great idea though. I think that happens to me by accident. Like I don't go, I'm going to listen to a new song. I'm just like, oh, I'm just listening to this because this makes me feel this. And then when I come back, I'm like, oh, remember you're in the Maldives, blah, like, yeah. So it's, it's cool. It's a very good way to do it. It's a very good way. I just find it cool that music brings it out in us. Like, you know, there's, there's something about a a song and it's like three minutes, but for whatever reason, it's like, it just is linked to so much. Like you've got, you know, high school graduation songs. Like you're like, you play it and you feel the emotion of like when you graduate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're like, God damn world. Because you're like, (laughs) I haven't heard this song in forever, but like it comes on and you just feel like a child again. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Music's the music's probably one of the only things that draws emotion out of me like that. Like people will, I could go through like some pretty turbulent stuff in my life 
might not even shed a tear. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's like, don't cry, real men don't cry. That's not me at all. But um, music sends me to a place where I can engage with emotion just like effortlessly. And I'm like, oh, like your eyes start welling up. You're like, this song, man, Drew's like, hits you in your soul. Like there's not many things like it. Like, yeah, it can happen during a movie, blah, 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 blah. But for me, it's like in the movie, if there's a movie that I like, it's always because it's accompanied by the music. If there was no sound, like you got to be a pretty damn good actor to draw emotion out of a person without having that backing track. It's always the soundtrack that really gets you going. Um, and and then that's that's why music's so cool because it just becomes a soundtrack to your life. Like when I'm doing stuff, that's why that's why it helps when you run. Because like I know for me, um, okay, I'm doing I'm doing decent splits at the moment. I've, I've got to get quicker. Blah 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 put something on that like jacks me up and then I'm like oh like you just imagine yourself in the movie you know what I mean you're like you you see it, it's all black and white there's you know not that there's ninjas or dinosaurs chasing you <laughs> or anything but you're like, or zombies and shit but you're just like you're like wow yeah like I always have that sort of third person view and I'm like oh yeah like I'm in the movie let's go like that's you know that's that's why it amps you up before a fight that's why it amps you up before whatever it is um you know yeah it's cool it's a, it's a good thing. It doesn't, I was, I was talking to a friend about this the other day because I've recently gotten um, sort of into, into modeling of all sorts. Uh, yeah. For, of all things. Um, and he was saying about. So what type um, of modeling? Like, are we talking like arts and crafts modeling? Like. Nude. nude? No, 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 no. Yeah. Just, um, just, <laughs> just, just like, you know, streetwear and, and, and whatever. And, and probably okay, so like, like, yeah, pictures. I was like, are you like doing paper mache? Like I was so yeah, confused. Yeah. <laughs> Competitive origami. Um, yeah. Well, those, all those sort of things. No, I, <laughs> just, just like a little, little side thing as well. And which is good, but um, it's, it's funny how I sort of lost my train of thought with that now. Um, I'm pretty sure I was going to say how there are the, oh, no, I've lost it. I've lost it. I was going to say there's so many different facets. I was, can't remember what I was going to say. Well, that's what uh, happens when I interrupt my guests. No, no, and- no, 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 <laughs> no. Hey, I think I'd already lost it by the time I started talking. I was like, yep, clearly would make a good model. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's the pitch. That's the pitch say- to anyone who wants to sign you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say they say that they're not the smartest, you know. So it's like, oh, actually, I'm I'm here today because of um um yeah, nah. Um, <laughs> I think I was gonna say, I was talking to Lloyd about it. Um, oh, we were just talking about like the different different facets outside of music and stuff. Um, can't remember how that applies to anything. Don't stress. I'll, it'll come back. It'll come. It'll back. come back. We'll 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 move on. To, you said actually something that piqued my interest was you know mm. dating people who aren't into hip-hop and most of the girls that i've dated and most people that i ever go on dates with they're like not into it as well and it's always a conversation of like whenever they find out i interview rappers and it's like who who do you interview and it's like if you're not into it i'm not interviewing yeah, yeah. i'm not interviewing dr dre or eminem or, or like cardi b no. so it's like no. a strange kind of period where it's like you gotta kind of bear with me and then over time that then they'll find like a song or two because it's all i play in the car to be honest i'm not gonna lie if i'm driving i'm like my music yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah um i'm i'm the exact same 
to be honest, I should it should have been a very a very large red flag that she didn't like hip hop. <laughs> she, I remember that particular girl had said to me something along the lines like on our first date, asked me if I'd liked Ariana Grande. And I sort of just like was like, what what did you what did you just say? And uh sort of she's like, yeah, but like like do you? And then I remember playing Mac Miller in the car and she was like, oh, who's this? I was like, she's like, oh, is that the guy that was dating Ariana Grande? I'm like, oh, man, like, this is, do not disrespect the, the Mac Miller like that, please. Um, yeah, I, I think I've only realised, you know, recently that it's probably, it's it's very important to me, eh? Like, you know, as much as your your style will will rub off on someone else, like, if you're, if, like I'm the same as you. If I'm always listening to hip hop, like whoever I'm with is probably gonna start. Like you know, they'll eventually pick up songs, and then I'll catch them listening to a little bit of this or that, and I'm like, ah, nice. But when you've got that connection where someone's like a hip hop head from the start, uh, like one of my long term girlfriends was, I met her at a show. Like I met her on tour with um Bliss and Esso, and she like to this day like we're still like best mates. Like she, um it's just better it's just better when there's like you completely you can talk shit about what's going on in the scene you can talk shit about you know oh what do you reckon of so-and-so's new album da, 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 da. like we bonded initially over like a j cole album and just like we're talking about you know our favorite parts of that i'm like it is just it is better when when you know you don't have to be the same person obviously in a relationship but having that you know when music's an important thing to you having that sort of um that common ground i reckon is is priceless really um but yeah so so next time if a girl says do you like ariana grande i might just, oh i've got to yeah go you know it's it's so funny people, most people are like you know let's make sure our politics align for us yeah, it's like yeah. let's make sure our music aligns because you know it's not going to work and you know like people are like i love disney music and I just envisage my life where like we're going on a drive and I have to listen to a Disney soundtrack. And I know people love that shit, but I can think of nothing worse than having to listen to it because like I would never choose to listen to it on my own. Never. No. And I would force myself to, and I don't want to force you to listen to a hip hop album that I love. Like if I put on hell on earth by mob deep and then you're like, what the hell is this? Uh, that's not a conversation I ever want to have. It hits your soul, man. Like I've, I've had it many a time where I've shown someone a song that like means so much to me and they're like, yeah, I don't like it. Like, or they'll just like, they'll ch turn it over and I'm like, oh, like that hurts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like showing someone a piece of art. Like you've just painted and they're like, yeah, I don't get it. It's shit. Like you're like, mm, okay. But, but have uh, you heard this Ariana Grande song? That's yeah. what they, nah, to be fair though, Ariana Grande is extremely talented. So oh, I'm not hating she? on her. And if she wants to come no. on the show, please come yeah. on. I'm never going to say no. But it's just like that. what we're pointing out is like the generic pop star, like any pop yeah. star that like really doesn't, like not in the, it's not in the hip hop scene. It's the same for me with Adele. Again, extremely talented. But if your favorite artist is Adele, like fine, that's fine. I'm just yeah. not going to oh, listen to her stuff. Know, really. know what I mean? But it's like if, if you're going to put on the Adele album, I might be like, a little bit but it, you know i guess it's also subjective like we 
we have our, it all comes down to, you know, the connections that we've formed with that music. Maybe it is that album we listen to on the holiday. Maybe it is, you know, it, it, it sort of has a really special place in our heart. And we're like, oh, but wait for this song. This song's the best. And, and they're just listening to it from a, like, a completely different perspective. And it, but it's funny because even, like, girls that I've dated or, or friends or family or whoever, everyone has a different way that they even listen to music. You know, like you'll listen to music differently than I will. I might, I grew up playing drums. So initially I used to always just hear the drums and then maybe I'd break down the bass and I'd be like, oh, that bass line's so sick. Or I'd like pull apart the instruments. Like I've got it in Logic or something and sort of like hear it in all different parts. And obviously depending on what you're listening to it with, like whether it's AirPods or surround sound, da, da, da. but then it's also like, you know, it's the lyrics and the amount of people I know that don't listen to music for the lyrics, they listen to it for the, the beat, the instrumental. And they're like, oh, isn't this so good? And I'm like, yeah, but like, that was trash. Like, he didn't, he rhymed the word with the same word five times. Like, what do, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, I wasn't listening to the words. And you're like, what? Like, as a lyricist, like, you're like, what do you mean you weren't listening to the words? Or like, did you catch that multi? Did you catch that that metaphor there? Like that was some that was very clever wordplay. And they're like, "What do you What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Well, um, it, it was." It's like worry. you have to explain a joke. That's what it's like. You're like explaining a joke or you're explaining a metaphor. Like, I uh, yeah, I I agree that like sometimes I'm even with my brothers and I repeat like a, a line and they're like and and I'm like yeah yeah you don't get it and they're like no we yeah, get yeah. it but it's like. I, I, it's so strange. You, you either love it or you don't. And I understand casual hip hop listeners, but like once you're in it, like you're yeah. in it and then you, then you just become obsessed. And I think some artists, like you said at the beginning was like, they can do themselves a disservice because they make their rhyme schemes too complicated. And then yeah. even like as an experienced hip hop listener, I'll miss a ton because I yeah, don't have yeah, the yeah. lyrics in front of me. And then I'm listening to it five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. And I'm still picking up new things like Sahai the Prince. Uh, he mm. he does that to me. I'm always mm. just finding new shit in his songs. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's been times where it's been like 10, ten years. And then like I've heard something and I'm like, oh, that's what he says. Like, oh, like how did I not get that? Why did I think it was that? Like, and, and I think that it probably happens with my listeners too. Cause I'm like, some of this stuff is very specific to me and my world. And like, you're not going to know who that person is. That's my grandpa or that's someone who's very significant to me, but you don't know what that meant. Like, you're just going to sing it. So it's funny, especially at shows back in the day when you could do shows and you know, someone's like rapping the lyrics at you from the front and then you're like, yeah. And then they like, you put the mic up to them and they say like, you're like, what did you just say? Like, you yeah, know, that's not the lyrics and then like anyways but it's um yeah it's 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 cool like that though like did you little wayne just said real g's move in silence like lasagna and you don't understand what he said there's a g in lasagna guys yeah. come on I, yeah it's uh it's so funny. i'm just saying uh, little wayne is not talked about nearly enough bro right. he's on my he's on my wall right here he's on the he's on the oh, can i flip my camera yeah you can flip oh. it can yeah, yeah, he's on the he's on the pop vinyl wall. He's there. He's the bro. He was he was the goat for me. Like back in the day, like man, like uh, any of my friends, I had all the mixtape stuff. Like Little Wayne's a weapon. Like just too good, too good. Yeah, I, I'm he's, obsessed yeah. with like 
he's uh 2018 i think it was the card of v or yeah it was amazing unreal yeah. like it's he's got such an interesting voice and objectively or i'm always like usually i'm like your voice isn't that pleasant to listen to it's quite high pitched mm. it's quite unique but he's yeah. found a really amazing way of finding the sound that suits yeah. his voice and like the emotional i don't yeah i think that he sometimes goes under the radar for oh, what his skill set is yeah people people sort of go oh yeah like you know, face tat. Like he was the face tat guy before face tats were cool. He like just yeah, he looks like a bit of a menace, but like damn, he's a weapon. Like there's there's no one. <clears throat> I don't know. In my life, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've listened to someone else more than him now, but the, for a period of time there, like man, that was all it was. And when like you just like when he says like what. Um, it's like like a circle of knives. I've got the sharpest flow around, and you're like. Like when you're like 16, you're like, whoa, what a wet, like you can't believe that he said that. You're like, hey, he's so clever. But it's, um, yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think he's sort of like, for me, my favorite album of his is the Carter Three. Um, the Carter Four had some real decent stuff on it. Like his six foot seven song, like that's a banger. But all his early stuff, like so many of the songs that like you can't even listen to anymore, like you got to find them on YouTube or whatever they're just so like the beats are so nuts and the lyrics are just off their head, but they were all mixtape tracks. So they won't, they won't release them properly because you'll get sued. But um, yeah, I just say man. that drives me nuts about Spotify is, oh, yeah. and is like, there are so many amazing mixtapes out there, like amazing mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. You just can't, yeah, you got to like back channel YouTube kind of shitty quality. And I'm just like, if this was the best quality, there, there's just so many that are made like studio quality albums and they're just released yeah. as EPs. And it's like, I yeah. wish everyone had access to these. It's just like, th there's so many versions of like, you know, like 93 to infinity, like that beat Freddie Gibbs wrapped on that. And that was like, phew. like, and Jay, Jay Cole even, you know, wrapped on it in the LA Lakers freestyle recently. And like both of those versions, I reckon absolutely shit on the original. Like, no offense to the the purist, but like I'm like far out. Like, there are so many good ver. Like sometimes it takes someone to hop on a track with fresh ears, and it just like gives it new life. And you're like, whoa! Like, why isn't that the song? Like, that's like sometimes they can sometimes do it better than the original. Like, um, yeah. And, and and long gone are the days of like obviously like rolling around when I was a teenager with like a USB MP3 that had like you know ten oh, it was probably wasn't ten thousand songs at the time because I could only afford the you know the five twelve megabyte one so it was you know you probably needed like bricks back in those days to be able to carry that yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> little like one that just like USB out the side like boom. And it was it was so good. It was bulletproof. My mum threw it out the window one time, and it still survived. And I managed to find it. It's a funny story. Um, but the like the music that I had on that, um, man, like none of those songs. Like just drag and drop from your old PC. Like so, you downloaded from a a completely illegal source, of course. Yeah, line uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Your computer yeah, was fucked, but like, yeah, um, man. But that was that was the best. That was the best, and yeah, it was sort of like it added a 
it was a cool element to music because it was like, oh, what have you got? It was like trading cards. It was like, oh, what have you got? Oh, I got this, you know, hot new hip hop, blah, blah, blah. Like <laughs> Lil Wayne remix. And it was like the Canon, like all this, you know, like all these annoying ass little friggin' tags over the top of it. But it was like, listen to this verse. Um, and I guess it was like our our generation's way of, like, how old are you? Are you, are you like 20? I just turned 28, actually. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm 29, 10, turning 30, rip. <laughs> but like- uh, I, to, me, to be fair, I'm not counting the last two years. So like mentally, I'm like, I'm still 26. Bro, I feel like I'm 50, but you know, it's all good. I'll claim. <laughs> I'll stick with 20. But I, I think like for our sort of generation though, like that's like the crate digging of what we could do. Like we, we weren't going through vinyl and stuff. So it's like you'd, you'd find a version of a song or a remix or whatever. And you're like, you know, you, you'd download it legally. And um, there you were, and you'd, you'd learn so much from it. Like such a cool, weird time of technology. But now it's like everything's so polished, like it's all Spotify, it's all whatever. Um, and it's, you know, people always say to me, like, they're like, oh, how are you, how are you going with music? Like, you know, um, you, you, are you doing it full time? Da, 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 da. I'm like, mate, like if this was the, the 80s, and my streams were album sales, then yeah, I, I wouldn't be working anymore. Like, of course, like, <laughs> but it's like, unfortunately, everything's so watered down and split around everywhere. So it's uh, it's a real, you know, it's a real struggle sometimes, but, but we love it. So we still do it. You know, That's it. Sometimes, you know, and it's about the long-term vision of like, you know, eventually you will and, everyone gets their cut these days. Everyone gets their cut. It's like, you know, before you know it, you only have so many pieces of the pie you can give away until you're left with nothing left. And, you know, Spotify doesn't pay their artists that much. Like, let's be fair. And, you know, a lot of people are stopping, you know, putting their songs on Spotify purely because they're not getting the, the return on investment to put it on there. So it's like, you know, it is a, it's weird because it feels like, labels get a lot of bad press for screwing their artists, but Spotify doesn't exactly make up for that in any real way. When it's, when it's like, you know, uh, a million streams gets you 5k us and you're trying to like, you know, 0.005 cents per stream. And you're like, okay, I'm putting tens of thousands, like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. I'm putting in a lot of money every year <clears throat> to make my music as crisp and polished as I can. And if one of those songs gets a million streams, cool, I get 5K back. But it's the, the, the ROI is absolute rubbish. Like if, if you do music for money when you're starting out, like don't. Like no, it's not. That's not what it is. The 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 the, the reason you obviously do it is like when I'm sitting here in this room and I'm writing and I've got a beat playing and the, the breeze is blowing and those crazy ass birds are screeching. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my, my happy place. You know what I mean? Like I'm able to channel all sorts of different things that are going on in my world and let it out and then, you know, record it in there. And then, I'm, you know, by the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, here's a couple of the demos, send them around. And my mates like, this is sick. Or, you know, producers or whatever. And like, that's why we do it. It's like, making you're making something out of nothing um and you know i'm grateful to be in the position i'm in i'm not where i want to be but i'm still still chugging along i don't think you know if you're ever in a place where you're happy where you are you, you you're not really growing much anymore and um there's always more like i've said with training and whatever there's there's levels we can always aspire to be at so 
but yeah, it, it is definitely a very, um, it's definitely a very uh, one-sided sort of industry, unfortunately. Um, and I, to be honest, like there's so many parts of the industry that I just don't enjoy at all. Like I, I even, you know, when it comes to sometimes performing, you know, having, like, I love, I love being on stage when I'm on stage, but it's all the stuff around it. It's all the, it's all the, you know, the organizational, especially when you're independent and you're running it all yourself. There's so much that goes into it that sometimes you're like, cool, you know, you've made all this effort or you've, you know, when, when we can fly, you know, I'm over in Sydney, I'm over in Melbourne, I'm in Brizzy, whatever. I love it. I love being there. I love seeing my friends. I love doing all that sort of stuff, seeing, seeing my fans, seeing everyone like that. But it's like the amount of effort that goes into like, to shows like people don't understand hey like and this is only and i'm only a small fish you know what i mean like it's like wait until the the live bands and the you know the pyrotechnics and the you know like imagine like the team that drake has but you know it's crazy it's crazy crazy but we do it because we love it that's that's all that matters you know what i mean that's it and you know I, i think that's what people forget is like how much money it actually costs to be an artist or to do anything really, because like I found out with this podcast is like, I started with just the computer and that's it mm. and a shitty computer. Mm. And then yeah. you buy, I bought like an entry level microphone and then you buy a webcam and then you want to upgrade to another microphone. You want to upgrade. Then I had to make the room. Then I bought furniture and it just keeps going. Then I bought a camera and you just keep buying shit. And it's like, you're still not seeing any return on it and you're sinking thousands of dollars into it because you love it. And it's like the same with music is like, you know, you got to pay people to shoot your videos. You got to pay marketing. You got to make sure that your distributions are correct. You got to, yeah. Like you said, anyone you're taking on tour, they got to pay for meals. You got to pay for hotels. You got to pay for lighting. You got to pay for stage. You got to rent spaces. Like it's just ridiculous. And if you laid it all out to somebody, I reckon 99% of people would say no. Mm. I know I know so many people in my life, even family members and whatever. Um, my, my cousin's fiance is very, I mean, it works for the government, very sort of rigid ditch. She's like, I don't understand. And, and when I first moved back to Perth, it was like the only way I made money because I left like a good job in Sydney and a bunch of stuff when I moved back here. Um, and it was like, I sold stuff on Gumtree marketplace. I flipped stuff. I sold basketball cards. I, I like did a whole bunch of little side hustles to, to make a bit of money. And then my only other money was music and speaking in schools and uh, like performing for, for kids at schools and, and whatever else as well. And it was like, and I told her about that shit and she's like, I just don't, I can't even, you know, I'm like, yeah, like I'm completely casual. I don't know if I'll pay my rent, you know, like, like people just don't understand the sort of the grind, I guess. But like, it was only in the last couple of years that I was like, all right, no longer will I be a broke artist. That is not a thing. I, you know, like, you know, you've got to, you've got to also be practical. It's like, I, I'm a musician. Yes. I'm good at what I do. Yes. Um, but I also have, like I said, other facets. I think that's probably what I was going down with the sort of modeling thing, sort of just saying that there's, there's other avenues that I can take. And I've always been that way. I've always had like five different things going on at once, whether it's speaking in schools or whether it's the modeling stuff and music and PT and coaching boxing or whatever it is. 
um, like you sort of have to, man. Like you either go like I know I know stories of guys that have made it in the Australian scene that completely quit their job, went on Centrelink, and like well, like this is all I'm going to do until I blow up, and they did because sort of when you back yourself into a corner and you want it as bad as you want to breathe, like you, you make it work. Um, but then I know other people that have done that and then they just fall to pieces. Like it, it's dependent on the person, it's dependent on the talent. Um, and then, you know, a lot of situations that I know with artists that have even blown up really massive internationally, some of them had some really good financial backing. Some of them had the right support. Some of them just knew the right people um but it's you know like for your everyday artist like hats off to everyone like i never i'll never shit on anyone for pursuing any sort of creative um endeavor because it's just it's hard man it's very hard you know like uh and and you know it's it's quite funny i i get i get a lot of um messages obviously around like release dates from like friends that sort of help with a bit of management stuff sometimes or whatever. And they're like, Oh, like, how are you going? Like you excited for the release? You da da da, And you're like, sort of like, yeah, like you are, but you're also sort of realistic. And you're also like your idea of where it will be, you know, you've got to, you've got to sort of manage your expectations because if you, I think that's why a lot of people don't last very long in the industry because they just expect that things are going to go absolutely nuts overnight. And it takes, you know, it takes a long time to become an overnight success. And people, I'll get, you know, my name in the paper or I'll have an article done about me or something or my Wikipedia page goes up or whatever. People are like, oh, my God, like, you've made it. Oh, you got a blue tick. Oh, you've made it. You're like, mate, you have no idea my daily life. Like, you know, we, we still work. I still, I'm a disability carer as well. I do, you know, I do all my different things that I do. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, and then it all comes back to the how does it make you feel? Does it bring you happiness? Does it bring you joy? And and when the answer is still yes, you go, cool. Like we're still here, we're still going. You know, like. Um, but it, I, think, it, I, I think, yeah, I think Kanye said it took him ten years to be an overnight success. So yeah, hundred percent. And Kanye is arguably one of the greatest artists of all time. Regardless of who he is as a person these days, and obviously he's got he's like, yeah, or whatever he's doing, he and he's probably you know along with Jay Z, one of if not the most influential hip hop person you know ever in hip hop. He's changed it so significantly, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. ten years to become an overnight success for Kanye, who is known as one of the greatest. So if it takes him ten years, you better expect that it's probably going to take you a long time. It might not take 10. It might take five. But those yeah, yeah. those people who blow after one album is mm. like less than, you know, even close yeah. to being 1%. It is and just... You've got to be, yeah, it, it's, it's unlikely, but you've also got to be able to back that up. Like, you know, you, you blow up after one album, you better... If you don't want to be a one-hit wonder, you know, you're sort of, you're sort of better off, I feel like, having the slow grind... It's, it's like the thing, if you knew that in 10 years, if you do something for 10 years, you will be successful. Like you will be successful, 100% guaranteed. <clears throat> I reckon a heap of people still wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole game of life. It's like, like this is my, what's this, 2022, 
this is my coming into my seventh year of doing music. So 20, yeah, 2015, oh, yeah, seventh year, good math, boom. Um, you know, it, uh, yeah, if you were guaranteed it, it's like even with investments, people want people want to make millions of dollars overnight with crypto or whatever. It's like, yeah, you can, but that, you know, you're not going to appreciate the money if you get it. You're going to just sort of be like, ha ha, look at me, made a million dollars, sick. You're not going to know how to manage it. You've got the mindset of someone who doesn't have a million dollars. Um, whereas you can, you know, you can still play in crypto, but you could take your time and do some other things and it could take a long, a lot longer time, but you could be guaranteed more money over time, but people won't do it because they want everything now. So, um, delaying that gratification, I think for lots of people is a real struggle when we live in a world where everything's so instant and, um, yeah. And just, you know, people want it now, now, now. So I think it's cause they see the blow up. They see, they don't see mm. behind the scenes. Like, you know, even, I, yeah, yeah, even fans of yours won't see behind and they're like your, your fans and they really love you, but they don't see, you know, 90% of the work that you have to put into it to make, mm. you know, the rest show. So it's like, you know, they, and especially now with social media, 90% of people aren't showing their life. They're showing the highlights. And it's like, but you don't know because I come home and I don't get home till 1 a.m. And then I got to keep working and then I got to get up and I got to pay bills. So I got to have a proper job as well. And it's like what they see is the artist. They don't see the person who's making the artist survive essentially. And I'm like you, I like, I've got a full-time job and it's just how it is. Cause I got to pay bills as well. And, yeah. but it's the sacrifice that I'm willing to make and sacrifice you know, so many artists are willing to make is like, I have this dream, but I have no intention of, you know, being broke forever. And I want to make sure that like, and if it, and I'm going to work more hours, like I'll work a full-time job and then I'll do this. And it's the same as for you, you're going to work and then you're going to do more hours. So your days aren't exactly, you know, nine to five, your days are, you know, seven to, to like 11. And so you just have to make it work and then you've got a tour and you've got to do all this other stuff, but it's like, you know, make the sacrifices that other people won't so that you can be successful. Yeah. So you can live the life that they can't. That's the, yeah. I, um, yeah. Like even, <clears throat> even with what I do with disability, it's so funny, man. Like I, you know, you, you, like you said, you show the highlights on your Instagram, you show the whatever it's like the amount of times that people think I'm some massive baller and it's hilarious. And I'm like, you don't realize that I worked the whole Christmas period, the whole New Year's period. I had one day off. I was working New Year's Eve from, what was it? It was meant to be 7 a.m. till 1 a.m., like like 16 hours or 18 hours, and it ended up being like 9 a.m. till 1 a.m. And then they see like this amazing view that I put on my Instagram. So I'm like, that's that's my client's house. That's not my house. (laughs) You know, like, like, I'm like, I'll show you the cool views. I'll show you the cool shit that I get to do. But I was like, yeah, like it's quite, it's funny. It's funny. Like no one, sometimes you just wish you could have like a documentary crew that follow you around and just show people what you actually get up to. Cause people would be like, oh, wow. Like I always make an effort to respond to everyone in my DMs. Right. Like I don't, I don't like, like it doesn't matter how many messages I have. If I've got a moment, I'll go through and I'll go, okay, cool. I'll respond to, you know, everyone there. Um, and some people will get pissy like, oh, you're too, you're too big to follow me now or you're too big to, 
to respond or whatever. I'm like, mate, I'm tired. Like I've got so much shit going on in my world and like no offense to Joe blogs or whatever, but I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm busy, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I'll still make the effort to, to give you the time of day and everyone's a person. Like I'm, I don't think I'm better than anyone else, but yeah, it's just people, people are just got to be kind to people. Really. I guess that's what it comes down to. Like you don't know someone's story. You only know what they show you. Well, what's funny is that those same people are going to be like, hey, why is it taking you so long to release your album? Why are you not going on tour? When are you coming to my city? Oh, why yeah. are you responding to my... D-? And it's like, you know, the more you ask of me to do, the more my time is split. And so like right. for every DM I respond to is like yeah. a second that I don't spend on writing a new song. And obviously you can't write 24 seven, but it's like, we only have certain amount of time in the day. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you just take it with a grain of salt, like if I message like Cardi B and I'm like, Oh, your music is amazing. I don't expect her to respond because as yeah. far as I'm concerned, she's got more important shit to do than to respond to me and make me feel good for like, an instant of a second. So like, there's like this weird kind of view that some people are very like, they're not interested. They don't think about you. They think about what you do for them. And it's like, you're their employee in a way. Yeah. 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 It is. It is interesting. I've had, I've had so many people in my life tell me, especially like partners have been like, Hey man, like you need to, you don't have to respond to everyone. But I'm like, yeah, but like, it's not that I, I want to give someone their like their dopamine hit or whatever. I'm just like, nah, like if I, I think it's probably like a, it's not an OCD thing, but I'll just see messages. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I've got to read that. I've got to clear that. I got like, I don't want to have an inbox. It's like your emails. I don't want them piling yeah. up. I want I'm to, like you. There's two types of yeah. people, the people with a thousand emails and the people with like yeah. one. And I'm like, yeah. you, I can't people who are like 3000. I'm like, what, what's the point of having emails? If that's yeah, how yeah. many you got. You're just clogging them up. Yeah, I, I just rather have it like if I've got anything on my to-do list. Like I think I think that's what's held me in good stead in my life though, because I've gone like, all right, I need to do these ten things. Like today's, I have one day off a week. Today's my one day off. I've got two podcasts. I've got you know a whole bunch of things to pick up. I've got a whole bunch of stuff to do, a bunch of training to do, a bunch of writing to do, a bunch of tax stuff, a bunch of this and that. And it's like cool. By the end of the day though, it's all going to be ticked off, and I'll be like, ah, I can go to bed. Like, nice. Like there's nothing that's going to haunt me tomorrow because I've done it today. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a good way to be, I reckon, rather than just like, let it all pile up. Like, no, I agree. And it's clearly working for you. Like, honestly, uh, like I said at the beginning and, you know, historically my friends and I've had these conversations a lot is historically, I haven't been into Aussie hip hop very much because I started listening to hip hop when I was 10. Uh, no, mm. or like I was nine. Get Rich or Die Train came out. That was the first album I ever heard. So it came out 2003. I was born in 94. So I was about eight or nine years old. First time I ever heard it. And I became obsessed with American hip hop. And then Aussie yeah. hip hop, like we always had Bliss and Esso and we had, but it wasn't the scene that it is now. And so like yeah. growing up, it was like, I'm not even looking at it because there's so much happening. And now it's so good to see people such as yourself, you know, just elevating what Aussies can do in the genre. It's so good to see that the sounds are developing, sounds are changing, beats are changing. So it's like, 
you know, you're part of the wave that is like, especially for me as a hip hop head is like, go back and listen to Aussie hip hop. So that's been awesome. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar to you, like born in 92, but like I grew up listening to, I think I first listened to rap when I was about five. It's pretty early on, but, and it was, my parents would have been appalled because it was like, you know, um, freaking, yeah, DMX and like old Dre and Snoop and, and Ice Cube and Eminem and whatever. And then, yeah, it was probably only like, I probably would have been 10, maybe or something like that when I first heard, heard Hilltop Hoods and I was like, oh, whoa like nosebleed section came on i was like this is the best song i've ever heard in my life and yeah and now it's it's insane that like australia can hold their own like um you know when i I think when i first started out like how you said you know my sounds obviously changed i think when i first started out all i had in my mind was all right hilltop listen so draft seth century 360 pez uh you know horror show that sort of vibe like i'm like cool that's that's what this is that's and i love all of those artists incredibly and obviously like from my connections with bliss and esso it sort of like made it feel like oh this is real like and and going from where i'd started where that was my main influence as much as i knew like american hip-hop sort of brought me i I was raised on that but when i'm like okay well i'm starting a career in australian hip-hop i've got to model myself after Australian hip hop. Um, but then obviously as time goes on, you're like, all right, my, you know, like Zebra and thank God for the radio, like very typical Australian hip hop, probably from the older era. If I had have dropped that, you know, 10 years ago, that could have been like a, a festival song type thing. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's what it suited. But then, you know, and it was like, I was sort of living in the past sort of wave in my sort of initial, like coming out in music and then, uh, and then obviously as you, you go on, you start to sort of like change and, and switch things around and, and find your, your groove. And now my groove sort of, you know, is modern, but still has that older sort of twang in some parts. And, and that's why, like, I listen to artists like Earth Gang and stuff and like, cause it's sort of like that funky sort of vibe, like Anderson Pack sort of stuff. It's still current, but it's still got the sort of throwback sort of feel and, um, it is really good, like you said, to see the the scene come up. Like there's there's anything you could want within the scene. Like Australian hip hop's not just Australian hip hop. Like there's the the grime guys, the trap guys, the boom bap guys. The, you know, like there's there's so many different versions, and, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And like with guys like Leroy and and um, uh, what's his name. Oh, obviously, like chilling it and what have you as well. But there's, you know, there's so many dudes doing big things that are blowing up, and it's just going to keep growing. It's 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 pretty exciting time, eh? Like I think it's with the with the access we have to everything, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and it's yeah. yeah. Also, historically, Aussies haven't had huge commercial success in the states, whereas now mm-hmm. you can definitely see it. People are moving over there. You know, they're they're actually doing selling out shows and stadiums. And so I think it's just, it was like it, it, the same thing happened in the U S where hip hop was underground and it needed to have enough light and enough air 
to be able to have people go and bounce off of it. So like those people like Hilltop Hoods, like they, they set the scene, they brought it to the surface. And now everybody who's succeeding is doing it off their hard work in terms of going, Hey, you know, we're Australians. We can still do hip hop. You don't have to stick to rock music. You can still get into the genre. And now it's just in line. So many people and still, they sell out shows like no tomorrow here, but like, yeah, it is awesome to see overseas that Aussies are, are doing as well. And, you know, grime is the exact same grime was huge in the UK and you're seeing it now go into other areas of, of like the world. And mm-hmm. it's just awesome. And even, you know, they're, they're taking influence of it in the U S they're, they're yeah, yeah. listening to the beats that they have. And it's just, it's just awesome to see all these countries getting involved and still growing. I think that's the benefit of, I guess, having the the world, yeah, like I said, so accessible with the internet and whatever, because it's just like things that would have taken, like back in the day, it's like, you know, um, oh, spices have arrived from uh, from African continents. You know, it's taken us 20 years. And now it's like, oh, cool. This trap beat I just heard today from an artist in Chicago, I reckon that's sick. Let's make something like that. Boom, like takes two seconds. Um and that's the cool thing is I like references as well for tracks. Like if you find something you like, it's like, cool, let's recreate it. Let's make something slightly similar. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, <laughs> bless you. It's, um, uh, you know, everyone sneezes now and everyone's like, you're dead. You're dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good, bro. You're good. But, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, you were saying about recreating and, and being able to like, you know, get more influence from others. Yeah. It's, it's just a wild, it's a wild world where it's just so quick, the turnaround's so quick. People don't understand that, like, if I make a song, half the time I haven't met the actual feature feature artist in real life, or, like, 90% of the time I haven't met the feature artist in real life, um, unless they're a mate or whatever. But, you know, and same with producers. Like, as long as I, if I have an initial connection with a producer that I've usually met at some point, like, all of my stuff that's done here, I, I obviously write, record here, send it to all my guys in Sydney, um sydney and melbourne and then get everything back like you know they're like wow the internet like <laughs> it's uh, it's funny it's it's not it's not a hard process really you know so um, do you record at home or do you have like a studio that you go to in wa right next to me right next to me i've got got the mic and everything set up it's pretty it's pretty funny setup to be honest i've got mattresses piled up i've got a mattress on the top i've got a guitar case holding those two together and a uh, picture of sunflowers that I found on the side of the road as like a roof support. And then I've got my mic and my Alctron PF8 and stuff. So it's all like very studio quality. Um, and it's just the benefit. The whole reason I've soundproofed here is purely for the neighbors. Like no one knows I'm a muso here. One of my neighbors did because she saw me on an article. She was like, you live next door to me. Right. And I was like, yep. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, and I was like, you haven't heard me at all? She's like, nah. And it's like, it's sick. Like I can scream in there and no one will hear anything. No one can hear me scream. But um, yeah, I do everything, do everything in-house. And I guess that's the benefit of um, like I could always, you know, you were saying with your studio and stuff, upgrading everything and, and whatever. I've had the same. I've had a secondhand uh, MacBook Pro from Gumtree that cost me 200 bucks that I bought in Sydney like five years ago. Still kicking along. I've got 
audio box interface. I've got expensive pair of headphones and some monitors, but to be honest, I listen to everything on, on my ears. And then my mic is still like, it's not entry level. It's not, you know, it's like a, it's a Rode NT2A. So it's not like the highest end, but it's not the lowest end, but everything I recorded in Sydney, we used the same mic. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with the same. So it's like my, my studio kit at home's cost me less than a grand, but you know, that's, that's good in that sense. I haven't had to, I haven't gone, Oh, I need to change it. I need to change it. Um, by like a 40 grand Neumann or something, but, um, yeah, I think, I think and, maybe let's make sure you're at least earning, you know, $40,000 easy before, you know, you start spending that cash because like I was looking at how much it is to like, you know, buy those high level microphones and like this microphone's good. Like it is a good quality microphone and, but, but like the ones that they have in like, you know, in the, like the biggest podcasts and like the radio shows, they're like so expensive and it's like, it, use, blows, it blows my mind. Do they, do they use the SM7Bs mostly? Like the Shures? I think so. But they're like, they're always coming out with new shit. They're always, that's what it is. It's like, it's always upgrading. And then they got the cash to spend. So they're going to spend 50,000 on their mic because yeah. it's like, it's, you know, their life. But like, to, to be fair, I had you been like, I go to a studio or you do it at home. I wouldn't have been able to tell like at but no that's, point. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. Like, that's why that question, I asked the question. Cause I actually have no idea. You could be at a studio. That's why it's awesome. The way it is right now. Yeah, well, the, the a lot of the stuff that we did in Sydney, there was a house that I was meant to move into, which was like a music house where like Mind Over Matter had like made all their albums and stuff. And that was where I was meant to live end of 2018 with my partner. We came back to Perth. We had a car accident, decided to stay in Perth. And I was like, oh, shit, like, where am I going to record? Where am I going to do this and do that? But like, man, it the places I've recorded, like I've recorded, yes, I've recorded in like studios with $40,000 mics, $50,000 mics, whatever. Um, the, uh, it depends on what people are listening to your music on. There's so many different factors. Like their cast area might be a piece of shit. You could have recorded it on a potato and they're going to be like, wow, this is still, this is amazing. Um, you never know, but like, it's funny, man. Like one of my songs, magic, I recorded that up on the central coast in New South Wales in a cupboard. And the only thing that was there to soundproof it was some clothes that were in the cupboard. Like your mix engineers, you know, my mix engineers and my my mastering guys are absolute weapons anyway. So I literally could record it on a potato and it would still sound good. But we go through so many revisions, you know, like I'm 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 sort of the dude that's like done is better than perfect. Like I don't I don't obsess over a song that much that it like gives me nightmares or anything. But like if I think the song is good enough, I'm like, cool, done. First mix might be it. But with a lot of them, it's, you know, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. Uh, and then, then it gets mastered. So there's a, there's a big process to, to get it to where I like the sound of it. Um, well, I and, think Master you know, that- Ace said that if you haven't recorded in the weirdest fucking places, you're not a true artist. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that gives you cred. Cause I think he said he recorded in a bathtub once or like, well, it, I, it doesn't, no idea. I don't know how it works, but like, Literally, you do what you got to do to make it work. Like you, sometimes it's like beggars can't be choosers. And I, I agree with you. I've always thought that like what stops people is the 
they it needs to be perfect. But like the yeah. perfect is subjective. There's no such 100%. thing as perfect. Like yeah, every song I'm sure you listen to, you're like, that's awesome. But looking back, I reckon I could have done this better. Even that's though awesome. your fans and I'm like, that's an amazing song. I wouldn't change a thing. And you would still be like, I'd still change something. But for a period of time from like 20, when would it have been? It would have been half half of the songs on Attachment Theory that were recorded in Perth, half the songs were recorded in Sydney. For half of those songs, my teeth were screwed up. My wisdom teeth had grown together on like an angle where it threw my jaw out and it made me sort of have like a lisp. So if you watch back on certain videos for a period of time, it's still not 100% now, I'm still not happy with it, but um, I used to be able to speak quicker and more articulately than this, and I find it quite annoying at the moment. My teeth actually touch when I talk in certain, when I say certain words. But if I listen to songs from like half of Attachment Theory onwards till like, I don't know, probably even some of the songs in the Dress Circle. I think the Dress Circle is fine now, but I literally just sound like, for me, like I've got a speech impediment the whole time. And I'm like, oh, like that's the worst. No one has said anything. No one, like no one really, unless I point it out, they're like, oh, oh, maybe. But it's just funny, man. Like people get so obsessive over it. And I'm like, you're better off pulling the trigger than keeping the gun cocked the whole time and just waving it around going, oh, maybe I'll release a song. It's like, just put your music out, mate. Like you, you got to do it. Um, that like obviously be be proud of it but there's times when i've obsessed over a song a little bit and gone oh and you get ear fatigue is real as well where you you realize that you're just you're listening to the same thing you know as musicians you can listen to the same looped bar for three hours on end trying to fix this and fix that and line that up and da 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 da, da. but there's been times where my first version of the song was way better than the final one because I just went over the top and I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't sound like how I wanted it, but it's out now, whatever. I'll put it to bed. Like I'm not going to let it keep me up at night, but you know, I'll show a, a demo mix from my producer to someone. They're like, this is sick. But then we go a bit like, Oh, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. That's why it's so important, I guess, to just be authentic and just do what you want to do and not go, not try and have your, you know, com- compare to other people or oh, have they done this? Have they done that? Or that, that Mac Miller voice edit thing is cool. Let's use that. Like, it's like, nah, just like run your own race, you know, like, and then you can't really, you can't really do wrong. There's a sound out there for everyone. So, but yeah, it's definitely a thing. I know a lot of people that get really caught up in it and they don't ever give themselves a chance to sort of um, just (laughs) never content, you know? Um, It's like when you say a word over and over again and the word loses meaning, is you're like, it's just sound. It's that, that's exactly, yeah, it's exactly that is like, you're listening it so much. You don't know what's good and what's bad anymore. And yeah. sometimes the best way to find out if it was bad is to put it out and get feedback on it. And I think, I think your, that your, your final message was like, you know, trust yourself at some point, you just got to trust yourself, run your race, put it out there. The market will tell you. Like the market will give you feedback on it. If it's no good, people will tell you. And then you're like, all right, learn the lessons and get better. You don't have to agonize over one song. It's not one shot. Uh, there's so many people I know that have sat on a song for years and I'm like, bro, put it out. Like, 
Night Owl on the Dress Circle I wrote in 2018. That's probably the longest song uh, up until now. There's probably some other songs that I'll release down the track that I wrote ages ago, but like that song just wasn't right. But it wasn't that I didn't like the way that it sounded or whatever. It was just like, oh, I think the lyrics could be a bit better. And usually I, I write everything in one go and that's it. And I don't, I don't go back unless it's unless it just doesn't sit right with me and I go, oh, that's shit. Usually it's it's to a point when I've written it first time, I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, done. Um, but Night Owl was one of those songs that I sort of agonised over a bit and even got to the point in some of the mixing processes and some added production processes that I was like, well, I don't think this is going to make it. And then I was like, you know what, it's good. And then, you know, of course, I dropped the album and then on the first day a bunch of people, man, Night Owl's my favourite song you've ever made. Oh, like someone's going to love something you do like some people will hate a song that i've done and then like there's a whole other bunch of people that have like frothing on it so yeah it's you can't win them all but you know there's like i said there's there's someone some some sound for everyone like you know someone's gonna like something like you said if you know drake drops a project and still people don't like it then i think you'll you'll be okay like you know Everyone, everyone has their critics. Not everyone's going to love everything you do all the time. It's just life. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I only have one more question for you, to be honest. Yeah, bro. Uh, it's the yeah, only yeah. question that I plan on the podcast. Uh, might be the hardest one. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, any genre cannot be your own, of course, what would it be? Oh. Um... I would say, oh man, there's so many options. I've got so many CDs like up against the wall in this room as well, which I was like, oh, I wasn't going to say that. Now I want to say that. Um, I will just say, <sighs> I'm going to say, I'm going to give a nice general one which I think that if you don't have an education in this, you definitely should. Uh, and it's a bit of a cheater because it's sort of like a greatest hits album. But if you were to go the, <laughs> the Beatles' greatest hits, you probably can't go wrong. There like, we go. I honestly yeah. didn't expect the Beatles' greatest hits from you. It was going to be The Police, but then because they're my other, one of my other favourite bands. But no, nah, the, Be- like the Beatles, man, if you want to learn harmonies, just ways to structure a song in a way that it sticks in your brain. The, the Beatles are the definition of dumbing down music in the perfect way where you don't even listen to the song for 10 years and you can come back and you know what they're going to say because it's it's so obvious that they're going to rhyme happy day with go away. And like, you, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just clever, basic songwriting that has churned out some of the best music ever. Like, obviously subjective to me, but, and, and, and all the oldies out yeah, there. You're the only but, one. You're the only one who thinks the Beatles are good. I only like the, have you seen that movie? The, the one where like everyone forgets. And then like, I think it's Dev Patel, like, like uses all the Beatles songs and everyone thinks, yeah, there's like a, a storm where the Beatles are wiped from the annals of history. And then this guy has always loved the Beatles. So he just starts like playing them live and he blows up as if he's the Beatles. And it's like, it's a, it's a good movie. It's I'd good like movie. that. I'd like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Very clever. It's like, you know, those imaginations is like, imagine if I invented Google. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine if, yeah, I forgot who Drake was. 
And then I just like knew all the lyrics to his songs, wrote them all down and then re- remade them and was like, I'm Drake. <laughs> like, just hotline like, bling. You just make hotline yeah. bling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the best. Well, oh, I think man. I think that's a good choice. I always love hearing what uh what artists say, but uh as I said, Johnny P, absolutely love that you jumped on the show. Busy schedule for a day off. You're not doing a lot of resting you're a very busy person so i appreciate you you're making time in your schedule but uh make sure you check out his album the dress circle obviously you know you can listen to it on spotify but artists really don't make much money off spotify so make sure you buy the album for real um and make sure you go check out his his catalog music videos on youtube as well put in a lot of effort and uh you can see he's deadly for 240 kilos or at least some of it. He, it was coming off the ground. That's all we know for sure. Um, but yeah, man, is there, yeah. Any, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to plug? Oh man. Nah, nah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. The deluxe, del- uh, deluxe, the deluxe edition of the dress circle drops on Friday, which would be sick. A um, bunch of new songs on there. And then uh, I'm looking to drop another album quite possibly in May. So um yeah man chugging along playing a bunch of fringe festival shows as well if you're in perth i'm going to be doing a bunch of um comedians versus rappers freestyle gigs um hopefully smash the the comedians but um yeah but that's that's it man you follow me on instagram if you pretty much want to see every second of my life that i feel like showing because that's where it is um but yeah man thank you thank you so much for having me it was an awesome chat my pleasure. And hopefully, you know, everything with COVID, I keep saying it every podcast, hopefully everything relaxes and we can all start to tour again and see each other live. Uh, it's just what we're all hanging out for. You're in Melbourne, right? Yeah. 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 So oh, well, maybe, maybe we'll uh, have to get you to come down for the, for our fringe festival, uh, comedy festival, whatever, whatever's going on. I'm sure we'll be happy to have you. But as I said, absolute pleasure, man. Thank you, bro. Much love. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.